Before we get into this episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast, this is for my educators and coaches. If you've been creating incredible classes and programs, but you're struggling to market them effectively, listen up because this is for you. I've created the Refine, Position, and Promote Masterclass series, which is a game-changing workshop designed to empower you to build a powerful online presence, attract your dream students, and market your offers with confidence and ease. I know that if you've been struggling, this sounds impossible, but I swear that it can be done. This is a sneak peek into what I do with my mastermind and one-on-one clients because I want to make it accessible to learn what it takes to create a clear, compelling brand that resonates deeply with your audience. I want your offers to be positioned so that you can attract the perfect students and clients and make the impact that you were destined to make in this industry. I want you to have a marketing strategy that feels effortless and authentic so that you can focus on helping your community thrive. This series is going to give you a high-level view of exactly that. You're going to get access to three transformative workshops dropping on June 10th, 11th, and 12th. The first one is all about gaining clarity on what's working and what isn't so that you can leverage your strengths and streamline your marketing efforts. In the second workshop, we're going to discover how to optimize your offers how to really dive into what is going to make the biggest impact and remove any confusion that might be holding your audience back from buying and you from selling. In the third workshop, we're going to talk through a content marketing strategy that not only builds your brand, but also sells your expertise strategically. And we're going to talk about how a visibility ecosystem can work for you, even when the algorithm is up and down and things are changing on social media. So By joining before these workshops go live, not only will you get access to the pre-sale price, which is going up once they are live, you will also get the opportunity to ask me questions and get my direct feedback. This is your chance to gain clarity and start attracting more of the perfect people for you. So like I said, you can create the impact that you are meant to have. If you're a beauty industry or creative educator or coach looking for a seamless aligned approach to marketing your business and your programs, This training is perfect for you. Head over to jodybrown.ca slash refine or go over to it's Jody Brown on Instagram and comment refine on any of my posts or send me a DM and I will send you the link. Your incredible work deserves to be seen and I want you to make the impact that you were put here to have. Hi, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Grab your notebooks because today I have something special for you. We are talking social media strategies that work regardless of zip code with my special guest, Casey Taylor. Casey is a salon owner, hairstylist, and educator that is obsessed with uplifting other small town stylists and putting community over competition. She believes small town beauty pros are more than the stereotypes that previously defined them. Every stylist deserves to have a successful and lucrative career that they love and a life outside of the salon. Today, Casey is teaching you how to tweak your Instagram strategy to maximize your efforts as a small town stylist, as well as how to show up in places that you might not have thought of yet. And some of her incredible advice applies to all stylists, regardless of your location. Before we dive in to this value-packed episode, I have an exciting announcement about some upcoming free education. On Monday, March 21st, 2022, My friend and Facebook and Instagram advertising queen, Stephanie Mitchell from Sunny Storm Marketing, 
are hosting a totally free online masterclass that will teach you how to quite literally turn on the tabs for brand new clients. Stephanie and I will be spilling all the tea on how to build a full book using Instagram and Facebook ads in this free workshop. And you can do this from anywhere. Building a brand is the foundation. Facebook and Instagram ads are the easy button. This class is going to be super actionable and leave you with info you can apply. You're going to learn how to make a super simple client generation system, examples of the captions, videos, and promotions that are helping hairdressers, estheticians, makeup artists, and other beauty pros attract dream clients, what it takes to target and get attention from clients who can actually afford you, the five crucial things that every high converting ad needs to have for a high return on investment, how to craft an irresistible offer that gets clients excited to try you out without discounting your services or hurting your price integrity. Stephanie in this class is also giving a guided tour of the booked out ads formula, and she's going to show you step-by-step everything it takes to create ads that convert. Did I mention this class is free? It's crazy. So sign up at jodybrown.ca slash free ads class. You can find the link in the show notes. And I just want to remind you, this is perfect for stylists everywhere to build clientele or pivot into a new niche quickly. All right. So without further ado, and you're going to want to sign up for this quickly, let's get into today's episode. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Casey. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me again, Jody. So last time you were on the show, the feedback was incredible. And there's obviously a ton of small town stylists that listen to the podcast that were really, really pumped to learn about your success paths. So if you are new to the podcast and you haven't yet gone and listened to Casey's last episode, it's called three key steps to success as a small town stylist. I highly recommend you pause this episode, go back and listen to it and then come back because Casey drops so much knowledge and so many actionable tidbits. And I know today is going to be no different, but for anyone who isn't familiar with you yet, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into educating small town hairstylists on how to become big time success stories? Yeah, so I, obviously my name is Casey. I'm from a small town in East Texas. And when I first started in the beauty industry, I went to a super small town cosmetology school in literally the middle of nowhere. And there was a lot of small town mindsets, um, a lot of really poor advice given by some of the educators there. And it really kind of felt like 
it was going to be really hard to be successful as a small town stylist mm -hmm. because that's what I was being told from every direction. Well, you need to move to a city to like be successful and it's going to be so hard to build a clientele in a small town when it mm -hmm. feels like there's like an oversaturated market. But after failing at moving to a big city and ending up back in my hometown, I realized that I had an opportunity to be just as successful, if not more successful as a small town stylist. And that really inspired me to get into educating and helping other small town stylists achieve all of their goals. Oh, I love that so much. So when you say, because I think this is something that often is a mindset struggle for small town stylists about how like I, I can't be as successful. And you actually say that you could be more successful as a small town stylist. So can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So from my perspective, when you're in a big city, yes, there are a lot of extra clients that you could pull from, but there's also a lot of extra stylists. And so even though when you're in a small town, it might feel like there's a salon on every corner and there's tons of stylists, the reality is that you're in a much better market because if you're in a big city, that's a lot more competitive. There are so many stylists for all of these clients to choose from. But when you're in a small town, you have a greater opportunity to stand out from the crowd mm -hmm. and really be unique and offer something that no one else is offering in your small town. Ooh, I love that. So you can really create something that almost doesn't exist yet in your area. And I know I've shared with you before, Casey, but I actually live in a small town and I would be absolutely thrilled if we had a high-end spa or salon and somewhere I could really go and get pepper without driving 30 minutes in our intense winters. So there are clients that are just driving to the nearest city. And I love that you are teaching a new generation of small town hairstylists how to capitalize on the people that are already there. Because small town people, there's this misconception that they're somehow just different than everyone. And, you know, we watch the same, we have the same desires a lot of the time as anyone who lives in a city. It's just the availability is typically the problem, right? Not the demand. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is like my biggest pet peeve is assuming that small town clients expect anything less than somebody who would be in the big city. We crave the same luxury experiences. We want the same quality of services. It's just that matter of accessibility. I remember when I wanted to start doing extensions, hand-tied extensions in my small town and nobody offered them in the area. I was like, well, this is a really expensive service. Like, are people going to want this here? But instead of thinking about, well, is the demand already here? I focused more on creating the demand. Ooh, yeah. And that made a huge difference. Like instead of assuming, well, the demand doesn't exist here. You have the ability in a small town to be the first one to create that demand. And then they're the, like, you're the only one that they can go to for that service. And it really like helps your business skyrocket from there. Ooh, I love that so much. And, you know, all this success is so available, but I know that you talk about the fact that things you like, because of the nature and, you know, while, while we're kind of evolving what the small town stylist is doing, you definitely always teach to the fact that there are certain things that you will have to do slightly differently than you would do in a city. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I know a lot of times you'll see education in the beauty industry that talks about Instagram 
or talks about different team, like marketing tactics. And I know like you have so much amazing education about Instagram, but there are kind of like four key things that I see stylists doing that um, maybe don't necessarily work in small towns like they work in bigger cities. Um, kind of like my first thing that I see as a big mistake that stylists are making is relying solely on Instagram to market their business. Because the reality is in small towns, Instagram isn't quite as big of a deal as it is in a big city. So I'm a big believer in utilizing Facebook and Google My Business and having a website. Mm -hmm. I really like to think about how local clients are finding out about events or local businesses and thinking about how I would search for local businesses Mm -hmm. in my small town rather than just assuming that Instagram is the end all be all since that's what we see so many educators promoting. And I still use Instagram. I love it. Instagram is amazing. But when I have polled my clients, a vast majority of my clients are not on Instagram or have like no idea how to use Instagram to find businesses rather than just like finding like other local people. Right. Okay. So you say like use Instagram, but don't have it be your only strategy, which makes sense because if you have a smaller pool of people, you want to be in more, like if you are in a city, for instance, the pool of people that is on Instagram in your city is likely big enough for you to thrive in any way that you want to. Whereas if you're in a smaller town, the likelihood of the pool of people you have to pull from being all in one place is likely a lot smaller. So you're saying diversify where you're showing up in order to reach the maximum amount of people in your small area. Is that right? Oh my gosh, that's exactly right. You like said that so much better than I think I could have even said it myself. (laughs) I know that there are so many like talking about how well my ideal client isn't on Facebook. Well, I am a big believer that like Facebook groups are still super popular in my small town. And like the main way that people are finding out about our local city events Mm -hmm. and the news and the hot gossip in the town and the new Italian restaurant that opened up, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And even though your ideal client might not be posting in those like local garage sale groups looking for a stylist, Mm -hmm. they are most likely lurking in the comments. Right. And so I always like to, you know, even if the person who is the original poster in that Facebook group, you know, they're not necessarily an ideal client for me. I know that my ideal client could be reading through the comments and clicking on the stylists that are recommended in the comments and checking out their Facebook page to see what they have to offer. That is such a good point. So can I ask the obvious question that people are probably thinking a lot? So I think that a lot of us associate as stylists, and this is just kind of what I've heard in, you know, the stylists that I work with, a lot of people associate clients on Facebook with exclusively deal hunting. So, you know, when you see in Facebook groups, how it's like, does anyone have an affordable stylist or, you know, things like that are like, and then, and then they get recommended. So I'm asking this question because I know that this will be something that my listeners are thinking right now. So what is your, and I know that you have a, a really great way to combat this. So what is the solution to utilizing Facebook groups to grow your clientele without becoming a bargain hairstyle. Yes. So I never, ever post like, oh, like I get a free like haircut with your color service or any kind of like 20% off deals, whatever. I never discount my services. 
ever, ever, I do not recommend discounting your services. I think it really comes down to having your systems in place and making your branding really clear. So when they come to your page and they're scrolling through, they're seeing your work, they are checking out your website, they can see all of your prices listed, they can see what kind of services you specialize in, and having all of your prices posted publicly Mm -hmm. is going to weed out those clients that are looking for a deal. And having your branding really clear on what you specialize in is going to help weed out the clients that aren't looking for the services that you specialize in. Ooh, that's so good. That's like the perfect answer. Cause I think that there's a lot of the time, maybe stylists missing out on that opportunity because of that negative connotation. So thank you for shedding some light on how to avoid that. Cause I think that's super, super important. Yeah. So my second point is to stop stressing about follower count and the latest social media trends Mm. right now with social media reels are so popular Mm -hmm. and I definitely agree that they can be a very valuable tool when they're used appropriately but the fact of the matter is the majority of stylists who are trying to jump on this like social media trend it's not effective for them as small town stylists. I love that. There are so many social media experts promoting this like one reel a day strategy that I believe is completely unsustainable and unnecessary, honestly, as an independent stylist. Because although these reels are going to give you a lot of reach, if you're posting a bunch of hairstylist humor, it's not resonating with your ideal client and it's not getting in front of your target market on social media. You know what, Casey, this is such a good point because I actually just interviewed like a reels expert and they echoed that exact same sentiment that it's not, if you're using Instagram to grow your clientele and to build your business as a hairstylist, then I agree with you completely that the one real a day thing is not sustainable. And I also think it's kind of a shock to your audience because if they're used to, if they started following you for something and all of a sudden you completely change your content type altogether and you just do this one thing, then you're likely not going to be including a lot of the things that is the reason they started following you to begin with. Especially if you are flooding your, your account with all these followers who aren't really relevant to building your business then less and less of your actual ideal clients are going to be seeing your content, which is a problem when you, especially like you said, when you have a smaller pool to pull from. So I love that you said that. I think that's really, really good advice. Oh yeah. Well, and so many of these like reels experts are praising the amount of followers that you can get from posting all of these reels. And although that sounds really exciting to gain all these followers. I really question you, why do you want all of those followers? Mm -hmm. Naturally, if you're in a small town, your population count is a lot smaller. And so the number of followers you need is going to naturally be proportionally smaller than a stylist who's in a big city. Yeah, for sure. I really believe that like, you only need about a hundred loyal clients to stay fully booked full-time behind the chair. Mm -hmm. So although of course, not every single one of your followers is going to be one of those loyal clients, you don't need 10,000 followers or more when you're only trying to get a hundred clients in your chair. Oh, that's so, so, so true. I love that. And I think it's by focusing on that too. I think that's where a lot of 
the comparisonitis kicks in and a lot of the, you know, negative feelings about marketing your business pop in when you're hitting, when your goal are these numbers that you have less control over. You have a lot more control over being super intentional about, you know, strategically marketing your business to get results versus, you know, the amount of followers or like you said, the amount of views and all of that kind of thing. So it's important for small town stylists. I know we're talking specifically about small town stylists, but I think that mindset shift is important for all stylists. I agree. I think there are so many things about like marketing in a small town that can apply universally. Mm -hmm. So even though not all marketing tactics can apply to a small town stylist, all of the things I'm sharing, I believe can apply to somebody who's not necessarily in a small town. Ooh, that's good. Yes. And you know, small town is such a subjective term, right? Cause I grew up in a, in a, I've lived in very small towns. I've lived in not so small towns. And, you know, up until a couple of years ago, the, there was 50,000 people in one of the towns I grew up in. And we still considered that a small town. <laughs> it's very subjective. Yes. That is like one of the funniest comments I get all the time on my social media posts is people will ask, oh, well, what size is your small town? Mm -hmm. And yes, my small town is 6,000 people. I know that there are some small towns that are 100 people. Mm -hmm. And there are some small towns that are like 60,000 people. So yeah. it is a very like relative term. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more of a mindset rather than, you know, specifically the size of your town. So point number three with how to use social media differently in a small town is thing with local businesses and showing yourself getting involved in your community. So my biggest thing with small towns is they are all about community. Mm -hmm. They love seeing you collaborate with other local businesses. They love seeing you just involved with like supporting the high school football team when they go to playoffs, having a booth at your local, you know, small town event, mm -hmm. or maybe like a funny thing in the parade. There was a local salon that, I mean, I wish this was my salon. It was not, <laughs> but they did Christmas parade and they all dressed up as like the mean girls skit and had oh, like cute. little, like the Santa outfits. And then one of them was like the mom with the pink <laughs> jumpsuit. And so it doesn't even necessarily have to be hair, hair, hair all the time. Mm -hmm. You can be doing things just as a salon or as a stylist to get involved in your community. And like that community involvement really helps humanize you as a business and helps like gain that um, trust within your community. I love that. That's a great visibility tip as well, because like, that's one of the, that's one of the key things, right? When you think about in order for you to convert someone into a client, they first have to know that you exist. So that's like step one. <laughs> so, you know, we talk a lot about different strategies you can use online, but I love that you're saying like there's in-person visibility strategies as well, because that is super important. And I think, like you said, in a small town where the focus is community by really being intentional about like, A, it's great because that, that's how small towns survive, right? Is that community aspect and, you know, people contributing. And then B, it's a really great way to kind of get to know your local community and become a visible figure, which I think is such a such an important point to make. Yes. And like, even when it comes to being visible online, tag your clients in your post, mm -hmm. tag them on your stories so that they can share 
that, you know, after picture of their hair to their stories mm-hmm. or that reels transformation you posted of them. And even like getting involved with like giveaways with other local businesses or doing styled shoots. If you're really into bridal, Mm -hmm. if you can do something like a giveaway that's involving another local restaurant or a photographer or a boutique, and you can all team up to have this giveaway together or this like raffle, you're all getting shared and people are noticing what businesses are involved in that. And then whenever you're tagging your clients and they're sharing to their pages, that's like word of mouth, but virtual. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for reciprocity too, right? Like if you're out at a restaurant or a coffee shop or whatever, and you're posting like these businesses, all the owners typically also have hair and are probably looking for a stylist, right? Or their friend is or whatever. So like getting involved virtually in person, whatever you want to do, I think that's, that's a really, really great way. And even if you're not in a small town, if you visit a local boutique or any other local business and you can show them some love and, you know, post about it in your stories, I think that's such a great um, takeaway. Yes, which leads me perfectly into my fourth and final point, which is be a person, not just a business. Mm. Small town clients are always talking about the people behind the businesses Mm -hmm. and who the owners are. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients sitting in my chair chatting and they're like, oh, do you know so-and-so? They own the floral shop. Or do you know so-and-so? They own this restaurant or this business. So people are really talking about the, you know, humans that are behind these businesses. And so I think it's really important as stylists, no matter where you live, Mm -hmm. to show your face on your pages, be a person, not just a salon, and, you know, getting involved as yourself, not just as your business. Oh, I love that so much. Can you give like a couple, I know you've given some examples, but like, you know that I'm a huge advocate of showing your face. I think it's very important to be the person behind your brand. And so can you kind of give some examples of like how you could utilize, like, you know how we talked about like Facebook, Google, my business, all those things, like how can you personalize those areas in order to get visibility? Yeah. So I always recommend having your face as your profile picture on every single platform. So I know you talk about this with Instagram, having your picture instead of like a logo. I recommend the same thing with Facebook and even the Google My Business pictures. Mm -hmm. Have pictures of yourself like involved in all of those things. I think that makes a huge difference in people connecting because we connect with faces, not logos. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. And of course, like posting an about me post on your Facebook page. There are so many different ways, even with like Google My Business, I know people can leave reviews. Mm -hmm. And whenever you've set up an account, you can respond to those reviews. And I also believe like instead of having just your salon name, Mm -hmm. I think you should have your name, like your personal name as Mm -hmm. so I have a salon and yes, I have a salon Google My Business. I have a salon Facebook page and a salon Instagram, but I also have myself as a stylist and all of my stylists in my salon, they each have their own personal accounts. And I do the same thing with Google because even if your salon is listed on Google, I believe you as a stylist should also be listed on Google. That is such a great tip. So 
For anyone who doesn't know, Google My Business is a really amazing hidden gem because a lot of the time where, you know, someone in a larger city might use Instagram as a search engine, I think it's universal that we all use Google as a search engine. And so if you can be intentional with that, then you're going to pop up a lot easier and be a lot more visible. So I love that you brought that up because I think that Google My Business is kind of something that it's almost like a hidden gem strategy that not everyone utilizes. So you can absolutely make yourself stand out there. And it's so funny to me. I feel like it's one that we never really hear talked about in our industry but it's probably the easiest one to set up of all of these. Yeah, It's so simple to like log in, add your pictures of your space and of you and some of your work. And you really don't have to have a lot of maintenance with it, yeah. which is so nice. Whereas Instagram and Facebook, you know, you need to be posting to maintain those platforms. Totally. So I would love to circle back a little bit to something that we, we talked about a bit at the beginning, but I think that this bears repeating because it- It's such a pervasive thing in the small town stylist life. And that is how do you maintain like your confidence and your growth mindset when, you know, you'll have people telling you that this isn't how things are done in a small town. What are some mindset tips and advice you can give to a stylist who's like, Oh, I love this idea. I love, you know, I can't wait to market myself, but I am barely scraping by because I feel like I can't, you know, charge great prices and all of those things in a small town. I'd love for you to just talk about that a little bit because it's something that I think all small town stylists struggle with, especially initially. Yes. Well, because especially I feel like a lot of times, at least with my own personal experience, You get into this industry and the first thing that people told me when I decided that I was going to cosmetology school, I'd tell them all excitedly like, oh yes, I'm going to go to cosmetology school. And I, you know, I love hair. It just makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, so you're just going to be a hairstylist now? Mm -hmm. Just going to be a small town stylist? Mm -hmm. And then even with other local stylists, there can sometimes be these limiting beliefs. Even with my cosmetology school instructor telling us, We would never be successful in a small town and um, just like how it would be so hard to build a clientele and different things. It's hard to escape those mindsets. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a salon owner who doesn't think you can charge those higher prices, because a lot of times our salon owners will push their own limiting beliefs onto us as stylists. Mm -hmm. And even if you're independent and you're a booth runner, it can feel intimidating to want to do things differently than what your salon owner is doing. So it's something very scary to do. I must, it's it's not like just an easy thing where I'm like, oh, we'll just go and raise your prices higher than your salon owner and market differently, even if they don't like it. Mm -hmm. But I think you really have to focus on what is best for you and stop worrying about what everybody else is thinking. The only thing that has ever been able to help me like really, really push through some of my limiting mindsets that I'll have, it has been journaling every morning. I like to write down my positive affirmations and whatever it is that I'm struggling with, especially if I'm about to raise my prices or about to make a big change in my business that like is giving me a lot of anxiety, Mm -hmm. I will journal down like I am worthy of success. I am confident in my prices. I'm worthy of having boundaries. 
whatever I feel like I need to hear that day. And I journal down like five to 10 positive affirmations every single morning. It's like part of my every single day morning routine, especially on work days. And that really helps me have a little bit of confidence and helps me remind myself that I'm worthy of making these changes, even if other people have limiting beliefs about I love that so much. So often it's not even our own limiting beliefs that hold us back. It's other people's that have been projected. So I think that's such a beautiful way to kind of combat that. So Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge today, Casey. I know that you are just a wealth of information for small town stylists. So where can my listeners go to find out more about you? Yes. So I'm super active on my Instagram at Casey Taylor Stylist. I also have my website, CaseyTaylorStylist.com. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper into finding your success as a small town stylist, I still have my freebie the three key steps to finding success as a small town stylist at caseytaylorstylist.com slash freebie. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Casey. I have a lot of small town stylists that are listeners. And I think that the way that you're elevating that particular part of our industry is really inspiring and really commendable. So thank you for what you are doing for small town stylists. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jody. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.